You're listening to the Green Machine Podcast, your Irish football news and nostalgia, where you, the fans, get to have your say. This is Nick here hosting today, and before we get started, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. On today's show, we'll be previewing the start of the championship season, which kicks off on Friday. A Sheffield Wednesday play a very Irish heavy set Hampton. In recent years, the championships become the most represented league for the Irish team. And who better to help chat about our players in the league than Justin from the Second Tier podcast, a podcast dedicated to the championship. Justin, welcome to the show. No, delighted to be here. Really looking forward to yeah chatting through things. It's great to have you on because even just off air there for a second, we, we were saying, you know, this is a busy week for you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the Second Tier uh, podcast? Because you guys are doing a lot of build up to the championship which starts mm. this weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... As you mentioned, we are a championship podcast dedicated purely to championship football. Obviously, a lot of you know big, heavy representation. Twenty-four teams every season. Um, the Premier League is, is is very well spoken about, but you know leaves a bit of a gap for for championship supporters to go and get their go and get their football fix. Really, so we we try and fill that gap as as best as possible. And this this week is predictions week, where almost every content creator out there. Puts into their puts in their one to twenty fours, and and we we're releasing hours. So Sunday we released twenty fourth to seventeenth, or twenty fourth to sixteenth, something like that. Uh, and then today, or not today, but um, we've got two more episodes coming out uh, this week where we release uh, basically the rest of the league. So yeah, there's 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 three episodes this week, and uh, a lot of predictions, and I'm sure a lot of debates. So if anyone wants to check that out, they're they're more than welcome to. It's going to be a big source of debate. Yeah, no, I encourage people to check it out as well, because as I said, there's so many Irish lads featuring there. And, and a lot of what I love about even your Twitter page, Justin, I mean, the amount of Irish content that goes out, there's <laughs> random bits and pieces. There was something about Sean Scannell there a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I was like, this is great. I like I like something a bit obscure. So so do check the guys out. You're on pretty much most, most po- podcast platforms, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. You can find a Spotify, Apple, I believe Google as well, just transferred over to Acast. So um, that should put us pretty much everywhere. Um, so yeah, just feel Google us, you'll find us quite easily. Yeah. Do check the lads out. And Justin, um, it's it's unfortunate that you're doing a, a championship podcast. You're a Derby fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I say unfortunately, uh, it is unfortunate. We've had so many years of uh, disappointment and that's led me to becoming the most pessimistic football supporter in the world i'm definitely a glass half full person that's just years of constantly being let down um as a try being an irish fan justin there is that there are yeah there's a (laughs) there's a fair bit of uh common common ground here in terms of just constant disappointment so we yeah we we we've got got that in common so yeah yeah well certainly a lot of a lot of talking points regarding derby because i mean we will be chatting about jason knight obviously a little bit later on but just in, in regards to the championship justin i mean we do have this narrative from Irish fans and it's, it's no major criticism. I think we just got comfortable having so many Premier League players and top flight players. We've, we've always had a few championship players or, or Division 1 players back in the day, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a lot heavier now. I think we had 11 of the 24 um, in the squad were, were, were championship players in our last squad. And I think that's even risen because a few lads have actually dropped down the division. A couple of lads have, have signed for Premier League clubs, Darrow Shea. Uh, Chidozi Ogbeni as well. So so we, we've done a bit of a swapsy, I, I, I suppose. But can you tell the Irish fans that are listening to the podcast now why they've nothing to worry about and why the championship is indeed one of the best leagues in Europe? <laughs> big statement. It is a big statement and it's one, it's one that's completely true. Firstly, it's the fifth biggest league in Europe. So I think that everybody knows that fact. The championship is a very well-supported league, which means there's plenty of resource 
being thrown into the league as well. And everyone's so desperate to get to the Premier League, which means they pay a fair bit of money for, for, for players. And that ultimately means the talent's going to increase as well. We've seen it with the England squad. I know big boo there, but we've seen it with the England <laughs> squad. We've seen it with the England squad, how many players have, have, have transitioned through the EFL into the first team. When they're, they're, it's been a high degree of success in doing so. Harry Kane's played a lot of games in the AFL. Um, Jack Grealish as well. There's, there's so many players that have played football in the AFL um, that it really shouldn't be overlooked. And I think it can provide a, a very healthy stepping stone for for players. Yeah, you look at the likes of Gavin Bazuna, for example, who struggled in the Premier League, um, but he's going to get the opportunity in the Championship to to really to really blossom, as I say, it can act as a, as a massive stepping stone for a lot of footballers. And we've seen even quite a few Irish players you know, transition through the air. For Jeff Hendrick, who had a fair degree of success at my, my club, Derby, went to the Premier League with Burnley um, and, and thrived for a few years. So, yeah, it shouldn't be overlooked. It can act as a, a really important development tool for yeah a lot of, a lot of young players coming through. I think Gidozi Ogbeni is a classic example as well because he he kind of, I mean, he started off in the League of Ireland. He went over to Brentford. It didn't quite work out from there. He worked his way up from League One into the Championship. And it was actually, I mean, he'd done well in League One, but it was actually in the Championship that he he caught the mm-hmm. attention of Luton, I suppose. And, yeah. uh, and they signed him on a, on a free transfer. Just on some of the transfers into the Championship, uh, Justin. So uh, a number of Irishmen move into Championship clubs. As I said, some have thankfully gone to the Premier League, but a, a few to chat about. Jason Knight is definitely one that's probably a bit of a bugbear with you. Mark Travers going to, to Stoke only the other day. Ryan Manning to Southampton. Shane Duffy to, to Norwich. Jack Taylor to Ipswich. Will Keane to Preston, who've had their fair share of Irish players. Jason Knight's probably the standout one there from the perspective of Irish fans. I mean, as a Derby fan and as a, I suppose as a championship expert, how do you view that move and how important will this be for Knight in his career? Yeah, it's, it's a huge move for Knight. It's a shame that he didn't get to do it with Derby. He didn't get to play Championship football with Derby, obviously. There is a, a sense of uh, a little bit of bitterness there from me. But <laughs> as far as teams being in the right place at the right time to develop players, Bristol City is a really good club for, for Jason Knight. Uh, Brian Tinian, who... Well, his previous role was head of academy operations, but I think he's now moved into more of a technical development role for the actual football club, for the whole football club. He's done a really good job of sourcing a lot of talent. Alex Scott is one of those. Yeah. Um, he's coming through. So recruiting the right personnel is, is, has been really important for Bristol City. So Jason Knight going there, I think, is a, is a compliment to Jason Knight's qualities. There's a lot of his game that still needs refining. Nigel Pearson is a very experienced coach. A lot of the, you know, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of um, a lot of caveats to, to Nigel Pearson, but he's a very good coach in terms of trying to refine an individual player's game. You look at the the impact it had on the likes of uh, Danny Drinkwater, Matty James, at Leicester City years ago, and Jamie Vardy. Um, you know, he, he gave them the stepping stones to really start to thrive in their careers, and I think he'll do the same with Jason Knight. But as I say, Jason Knight's got a really good opportunity to hone in on his game and not just be known as that energetic box-to-box player because there's a lot more to him than that he's got a really he's a very technically gifted player and he makes some really intelligent runs or just he just needs to play in a system that gets that out of him um, so I really am excited to see what he can do with Bristol City yeah and obviously Max O'Leary uh, the goalkeeper's there with, with Bristol City as well he's gotten a couple of Ireland call-ups and Mark Sykes too uh, how do you how do you think Bristol will fare in Jason Knight I it really does depend with Bristol City. I think they've again they've got a really good core of group of, of young players coming through, uh, and they're in a really good place. But they've been plagued by inconsistency for years, so it depends if they can get over that incons- inconsistency and really push into the top half. 
they've got the best squad they've had for about three years now. Um, and there's, again, a lot of really good young players in that squad. Awesome reservations with Nigel Pearson. But for me, I think they should be looking at sort of lower mid-table, pushing into the top half. It's a big gap that needs to be bridged. But as I say, if they can shake off that inconsistency, they can do it. Now, I think another transfer as well that we mentioned really, really briefly there, Justin. Ryan Manning, of course, going to Southampton. Gambizuna, who you've mentioned as well, relegated with Southampton. And Will Smallbone coming back into contention. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk around James Ward-Prowse if he'll go to the likes of West Ham or anything like that. And some people will say, well, Smallbone will hopefully fill that void if he does go. So with those three Irishmen in the Southampton squad, Justin, and, and with Southampton freshly relegated, how do, you, how do you see the three lads faring and how do you see Southampton themselves getting on this season? Ryan Manning's a standout signing. I think any club in the Championship would have benefited from signing Ryan Manning. He was the league's most productive left wing back last season. He's he can play in different systems. He can play as a left full back. He can play as a wing back um, in a back three, and also he can play as a central midfielder as well. The attacking elements to his game are fantastic. He was the, I think he was the league's one of the league's best creators um, last season as well, which again from a, from a wing back position is quite staggering. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of benefits to to his game. Are, are um, you su- are you surprised that maybe he didn't get more shots in the Ireland squad, Justin? Because what what really happened was he he played a couple of games last year. So I suppose 2022 he played a couple of the the March internationals, and then he's kind of gone off the radar. Now he he was asked not to be included in the last squad. And a lot of that was because of the speculation. A lot of people thought he was going to Leeds mm-hmm. and they thought that, that maybe it was something to do with that or maybe there was family issues or something or something like that. But Stephen Kenny, the, the Ireland manager, doesn't seem to fancy him. Is that a surprise to you given the very, very good detailed description you've given of him there and how productive he is? Yeah, there are a lot of players that fall under that category. Tom Kearney was capped for Scotland and again, he was one of the Championship's best creators and he didn't get yeah. a sniff. Rosper Cormac's another one as well. It's it's a quite a strange one that some international managers just don't seem to fancy very good players at times. It, I think it really does depend on the systems. But then again, Ryan Manning's been playing in a possession-based system. My limited knowledge of Stephen Kenny is that something that he, he does want to deploy. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well he's, he's trying. <laughs> yeah. He's trying. Whether he's doing it or not is a different story. <laughs> and I think having players who are familiar and playing that that way it really is going to be a, a huge benefit. So I think it would be wise from my point of view to include him in more squads and at least get him more minutes at international level because that's only going to benefit Ireland in the long run. And he's in his peak years as well, Ryan Manning. He's not a young kid coming through. He's in his peak years. So now's a, now's a really good time to, to, to introduce him into the setup more consistently. Because I think that, yeah, again, he's going to be playing for a promotion-chasing club as well. So that's only going to bring big benefits from that side. Um, I do fancy Southampton to have a good season. They've got a lot of quality. You mentioned Will Smallbone, who has been heavily fancied by a lot at Southampton this season, despite not really pulling up too many trees with Stoke last year. I was a little bit disappointed, but I've seen quite a lot of Stoke fans suggest he was their most creative outlet. They didn't create a lot, which goes without saying, (laughs) really. But then again, that might be an issue with system that he just struggled with but I think in a Russell Martin system needs a chief creator Will Smallbone can can quite easily fill fill that gap in that in that uh, in that team Gavin Bazuno again I've already mentioned him but I think he almost needs to rebuild his confidence again I saw a lot of errors last season and um, there's going to be a lot of demands on him this season with the ball at his feet my again don't, don't have too much knowledge on him but if he's come through at Manchester City there should be an element of that game that he that he can that he can thrive with, but yeah, again, it's just going to be a chance to, for him to rebuild confidence um, because I don't think there's any backups at Southampton at the moment, uh, only 
good quality backup at Southampton. I think McCarthy got fairly bare so. at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and obviously Willie Caballero left as well. So yeah, they they need reinforcements. So that means Bazuni is going to going to get game time, um, which again is, is going to benefit him. Uh, but if it clicks, if it clicks for Southampton, it clicks quickly. There'll be a shoe in for automatics quite easily. I mean, they're, they're they're probably one of our best bets, and there's so many kind of uh, Irish heavy teams, I suppose. I mean, Cardiff City, you've got Colm O'Dowd and Mark McGuinness in there. You know, a good few Irish lads in there. Preston seem to always have about twenty Irish lads playing for them, Justin, don't they? I mean, Will mm. Will Keane's only after signing for them a, a, a few weeks ago. Robbie Brady is in there. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. Kind of injuries, um, a big part of that. Tom Cannon was obviously with Preston last season. He's he's since gone back to to Preston. Greg Cunningham as well. Alan Brown, do you think that Preston will be their usual kind of graveyard uh, selves where they kind of just um, maybe float around the promotion spots and then they kind of drift off into mid-table or do you think they might uh, they might push a little bit? Seems unlikely to me, but what, what are your thoughts on, on the Irish heavy Preston? I'll agree with you. I think it's very unlikely they're going to push. I don't think they've got the resource to, to really back Ryan. Though that being said, they have just bought uh, a young lad from Denmark called Mads Jensen who could look to be a really, really decent buy, but I just don't think the squad's strong enough, especially in that final third. Um, so yeah, I, I expect them to drop off and struggle. There are a lot of players that have, maybe they, there are a club that I just think have grown a bit stagnant. They're not refreshed enough for me. You've got the likes of Alan Brown, for example, who's been there for a while without really doing too much. I, I still don't know how to explain his game, despite you know, having watched him for the last four four years very closely. So. Yeah. He's an intriguing player. Um, he's a funny one, Justin, because I, I suppose from an Irish perspective, uh, I mean, it's, it's not that Irish fans watch uh, press in North End every single week, but he had a very good goal scoring um, season. I think it was 2017, possibly. Yeah. It might have been a little bit later. He scored a lot of goals. A lot of them were penalties. I think he actually missed a penalty that would have gotten them into the playoffs. And, um, you know, but but years ago, he was linked with the likes of Crystal Palace, a couple of Premier League teams. And, there was never anything evidential to kind of suggest that he was ready to take that next step up. And and for Ireland, I think he's got five goals for us. He's, he's a goal-scoring threat for us. But having said that, over 90 minutes on the ball um, in an international midfield, he's he's really, really struggled. So so he's an unusual one. And there's there's never really been signs of progression for him, sadly, as, as much as he runs and as much as he works, which is always, I suppose, value within an Irish team. It's, it's interesting to see that he's never really progressed or kicked on to the next level. Yeah, I think that's a quite a that is quite an intriguing thing because I think that's why Preston haven't really kicked on is they've they've hung around these players for for far too long. So you know, whilst it might sound as you know a lot of criticism to to the likes of Alan Brown, sometimes you need a refresh, you need to sell these players at peak value to reinvest and, and reinvigorate your squad, and they haven't done that. And I think Alan Brown's career has grown a little bit stagnant as a result of that, and so have Preston. Yeah, and another team, another Irish, I suppose, heavy team uh, who've recruited a couple of Irish players in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Stoke City, so Mark Travers joining on loan from Bournemouth. Enda Stevens as well joining on a free. I mean, um, sadly, has had a lot of injury issues over the last couple of years at Sheffield United. A very, very good season in the Premier League a few years ago, but, but that's kind of as, as far as it went. Ben, ben Wilmot actually qualifies for Ireland, but doesn't quite play. And there's word at the moment that Luke McNally, who had a, a great second half to the season with Coventry City last year, is going to join on loan. So... What are your thoughts for Stoke? Probably similar to Preston, maybe mid-table. I think I think they signed Wesley from Aston Villa, so they're mm-hmm. showing a little bit of ambition. What are your thoughts on them, uh, Justin? Stoke are a funny one because I, for a couple of years, I predicted them to finish just outside the playoffs, and they finished seventeenth twice. <laughs> 
now it's a case of okay well let's predict Stoke to finish lower mid table and I actually think they're going to push even higher um, so it's no spoiler, but in our prediction episodes, we we predicted Stoke to finish 14th. It's a very safe bet. Um, yeah. They've they've recruited incredibly well. They've signed a, a young lad from Portugal called I can't remember his first name, Vidago, but he's very good. He's a very good dribbler, very talented dribbler. Um, you mentioned Ben Wilmot, who is a really really criminally underrated defender in the Championship, and then you add Luke McNally into the mix, who was phenomenal. For, for Coventry in the second half of last season. Um, it's so going to be of, an in- A lot of Irish fans are very disappointed he didn't make our last squad, but I mean, we've we've so many centre-halves at the moment, but he, he's a special player, isn't he? he? He is. He really, really is. He's very comfortable with the ball, which is, explains why Burnley signed him, but clearly just not quite enough to get into that Burnley first team. But Coventry, who defended quite deep last season, were quite disciplined, showcased his defensive, defensive qualities in that team. And then Mark Travers, again, I think is an absolutely incredible signing because he... I mean, I'm surprised he's not Bournemouth's first choice, but at the same time, um, they've got, I think it's Neto, isn't it, who's Neto, got yeah. quite, quite a lot of pedigree. Um, but Travers coming back down into the Championship, he was, the, for us, when he went up with Bournemouth a couple of seasons ago, the second best keeper just behind Lee Nichols um, that season. He kept a lot of clean sheets and made some incredible saves as well. He's going to be an incredible uh, incredible player this this season. And again, still a good age for a, a goalkeeper to really kick on and still, still continue to develop. So, Stoke one of them where I'm going to say they're going to finish lower mid-table, but I'm not going to be surprised if they finish uh, or, or, or push to, for the top six because Alex Neal's a seasoned operator. Yeah. They've got a really good squad. It looks like they're turning a corner, but they could do the Stoke thing and just completely underwhelm. <laughs> so it's not looking good so far for any of our promotion uh, contentions. Those are just in terms of Irish lads going up. But in terms of the, the um, recently promoted teams from League One, sadly not Derby. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to stop mention that. But Ipswich Town have gone up, and and they do have a couple of Irish lads in their ranks. So Jack Taylor, uh, who you'd be very familiar with, I suppose Peterborough United, um, has made the last couple of Ireland Ireland squads. There's a lot of kind of mystery around him from from Ireland fans. They they haven't really seen much of him. But Kieran McKenna is building something very exciting at Ipswich. Marcus Harness there as well, um, who of course is declared for Ireland. He's never featured for us. But how do you expect Taylor and Ipswich to get on? Because uh, McKenna seems to be cooking something nice. Mm, yeah, you know you're you're spot on. Kit McKenna's got a really nice blend going. Um, I expect him to to push for the top six at the very least. Uh, I know some people have tipped them to finish in the top two. Uh, some people have tipped them wow. to finish just outside of the playoffs. So there's there's a lot of anticipation and um, well intrigue as to how Whips, which are going to transition into the championship. But they were really incredible last season in, in League One. They scored 101 goals. They kept the most clean sheets and they lost just four games last season. So they're, they're, they're a team who are already made for the championship, let's be honest, and they've got the resource to do it. And in terms of signing someone like Jack Taylor, who uh, I think Darren McAntony, the Peterborough chairman team that sold him, uh, suggested that a lot of teams will be kicking themselves um, at, yeah. you know, at not competing for his signature probably because he you would have liked the price of him to drive up but just one and a half million pounds for a for a player of Taylor's quality is is, is quite still he's a box-to-box midfielder he, he can get amongst the goals um he's got the whole package you want in a midfielder and again he's, he's entering in his, his peak years in sort of his mid-20s so he's going to be a player who I'm going to watch with a lot of a lot of interest this season as to how McKenna uh, evolves the team and and how he how uh, Jack Taylor sort of fits into that ethos because I think he's going to be a starter alongside Sam Morsey, um, and the way McKenna plays very fluid system. So again, he's going to get a lot of time on the ball as well. 
I think Meg Anthony actually suggested he'll be in the Premier League in the next few years. Yeah. So whether that's with Ipswich or not is is will be fascinating, but we'll we'll certainly watch this space. And just a couple of individual players, Justin. I mean, obviously Norwich have, have a good few uh, Irishmen as well. You know, Adroma Bambadele, Adam Ida, um, uh, Shane Duffy's after signing as well. But in terms of some individuals and some very popular players, Jason Malumbi of West Brom, and um, as I mentioned already, Andromo Bamadeli of Norwich, he's been linked with AC Milan. Those two lads, two very young players, but were very much integrated into the Ireland squad on Bamadeli's had his injury issues. What do you make of those kind of players, the, these young lads who are attracting um, who are attracting a lot of interest and the likes of Malumbi, who's really becoming a cult hero within, in the Championship? Well, yeah, Molumbi is again another intriguing player who went under the radar for West Brom last season, probably because he's a he's a no frills sort of central midfielder. He gets the dirty work done. He will put himself about, and he will add a bit of a goal threat to his game as well. I think he scored a double against Stoke. Um, so I think if, if that's one thing you can in, um, put against him is he probably doesn't get on the score sheet enough. But then again, yeah. what box to box midfielders are you know capable of scoring eight to ten goals is is a very difficult thing to do. But he's a player whose um, whose stock is growing in the championship because of his because of his spell in the second half of last season. He really thrived under Carlos Corbran, and I think he could probably do with another year under under someone like Carlos Corbran. Just depends whether Carlos Corbran wants to stick it out at a club is <laughs> at a club that is a current you know is a bit of a basket case currently. So yeah, that that's remains to be seen. Um, but he'll 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 do really well um, this season. Mullumbi again. I, I, Probably fall under the radar of, of quite a few people again, but he'll be a, he'll be a big performer. And as for Andrew, um, I'm going to butcher his name again. Omo uh, Bamadele. It's a very easy uh, one, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> it only it only took us about 50 goals before we managed to perfect it. Omo <laughs> Bamadele. There we go. It's very it's, good. It's, yeah, trying to trying to speak quick um, and concisely, <laughs> it's a very difficult thing to do. And and you get a name with more than four four letters for my simple mind. It's an absolute car crash. But yeah, he's, he's a player with so much potential, and he's. He's been shifted into the limelight a lot with Norwich because of their injury problems at, in defence. But again, if you've got someone like Shane Duffy playing alongside him, I know they've got Grant Hanley and Ben Gibson who are both experienced in themselves. But again, someone like Shane Duffy, who's got, probably got more top flight experience than, than both of those players, that's going to help him develop. Um, as you say, uh, a bomber. Yeah, and I'm going to butcher it again. Andy, Andy O, I think. Andy O is probably Andy the, o. The, the simplest that's, that's way to do it. it. <laughs> um, when he's had his injury problems as well, um, it doesn't it doesn't quite help. It's the same as Adamida. It's a four-letter name. It's easier to say. Adamida, <laughs> he's, he's struggled with um, with his injuries as well. But again, with, with Timo Puka leaving, he's going to be thrust into the limelight quite a lot. So there's a lot, a lot of pressure there, I think, of those two players stepping into the first team at Norwich. But they certainly have got the quality to to pick up it's just whether or not Norwich are trending downwards um at, at the time when then when those two players need to be trending upwards if that makes sense you've got differences in, in form and potentials there which I think could impact a player's development or even player's development absolutely and, ju- and just on that I, m- I mean there's there's other kind of fringe players as well I mean Danny McNamara of Millwall very very close to getting in a couple of Ireland squads as was Sean McLaughlin who was very, very good with Hull City last year. And then a couple of more senior players as well. I suppose Robbie Brady, who we've mentioned, kind of drifting off the radar a little bit, has now found himself on the fringes. And and Callum Robinson as well, I mean, uh, scored a hat-trick only a couple of years ago against Qatar. The mighty Qatar, Justin, the mighty Qatar. But, but we were we were kind of um, idolizing him as some kind of national icon. And Scott Hogan as well, who never really kicked on for Ireland. Mm-hmm. But but those kind of fringe players and those kind of senior players who've, who've gone by the wayside um, aside, um, who are your kind of 
Irish players to look out for. I mean, my pick would be Harry Vaughan of, of Hull, Hull City. I think he's a very exciting talent. But who, who would your Irish man to, to watch out for be this season in the championship? Callum Robinson's actually a really uh, interesting one for me because if he stays fit, he could be one of the league's uh, one of the league's probably more creative players. Again, that goes under the radar. Quite a few players that do that. Um, he was a significant contributor in Cardiff staying up last season. But what the intriguing thing is with Cardiff is they've recruited several players that can play in and around him, which is where Callum Robinson is really going to thrive, especially yeah. as a number 10. Um, I think his, his, his best position is as a sort of a second striker where he can link up the attack. Um, that's where he played for, for Preston um, and that's where he had his good games for Sheffield United as well. Um, they Cardiff signed Yaku Mete and Carlin Grant. Carlin Grant got a very good relationship, playing relationship with uh, with Callum Robinson. Um, so they're at West Brom together, of, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were at West Brom together a couple of seasons ago. So I really do think that relationship is going to thrive for for Cardiff, and ultimately it's going to get the best out of Callum Robinson. There's just the the big if of whether or not he can stay fit because he had, had his injury problems last season. So yeah, Callum Robinson's a name that's dropped off. I think quite a few people's uh, quite a few people's lists of good players at this level but that's at their expense because he's he's got a lot of quality and again he's still he's still relatively young absolutely so callum robinson your, your man to watch for uh for 2023 2024 and before we let you go justin what are your champ what are your i mean obviously we're, we do ask people to to, to give the podcast a, a bit of a listen you know for your predictions but but in your opinion what what are the predictions for this season regarding the championship Irish players aside because I think they're all finishing mid-table eh? <laughs> who's going to be promoted do you think in your opinion uh, I think Leicester have got the squad to get promoted um, I'm, I've made reservations about Enzo Moresco mainly mainly because Enzo Moresco I should say mainly because um, he's just an experienced he's not an experienced manager so you're expecting someone to deliver a championship promotion campaign. It's a very difficult thing to do, especially when you don't have too much experience in the championship. Can eat you alive. Um, Vincent Company showed that it's possible, um, although he did have experience at Anderlecht as well. So, yeah, there's 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 pluses and negatives to that, that, that point. So I'd expect Leicester to, to really push on um, and challenge for the title. I think Middlesbrough and Michael Carrick are, are a big shout as well, um, mainly because I've got a lot of stock in Michael Carrick and his abilities as, as a coach and a manager. So I expect them to, to kick on for promotion. Then you've got some of your dark horses. I really do like Hull and Liam Rossini. I think they can be knocking on the door of the playoffs. There'll be yeah. quite a lot of people probably raising their eyebrows at that, but defensively they're in a really good side. It's just about getting a little bit more out of that attack. And if they can, they can really kick on. Thankfully, a few Irish lads on that team as well. I mean, Cyrus Christie, uh, good, good cult hero with, with Irish fans. Uh, Sean McLaughlin, who I mentioned, Harry Vaughan and Aaron Connolly. Is, any word on him? It looks like yeah, Hull are very interested in, in getting a permanent deal done there. I was going to say, I've seen a lot of Hull fans suggest that he's going to Hull, but I've not seen any concrete reports. Um, but again, he's probably a player that needs to find a home. He didn't really kick on, on his, in his loan spell last season, but... Yeah, he, he, again, he's he's a player who just needs to get away from his parent club, Brighton. I know he's been released and find somewhere to really, really play his football. It does it does help. You look at the Chelsea loan army, for example. Players players leave the the Chelsea outfit and they tend to thrive uh, once they've left. So <laughs> I expect Aaron Connolly to to do the same. Fingers crossed, because he's a, he's a promising player, as um, controversial as he can be. So look, we're going to leave it there, Justin. It was it was an absolute pleasure chatting to you. But before we let you go, this is the last question for you. Who was your best ever Irish Championship player ever? <laughs> Ooh. Um, I've, I've nostalgia 
tells me, or you know, I want to say Rory Delap, but he's probably best known for his Premier League throw-ins. Um, if I'm going to go for recency bias, I'm going to go for Jeff Hendrick because there's not a there's not been a player who I've rated so highly coming out of the academy and having such an incredible impact and having such a memorable time at a club than than him. Um, he scored a, an important goal against our rivals, Nottingham Forest, when we yeah. had 10 men. It was his breakthrough season that season. It was just a delight to see an academy product do that. And he was an all-action midfielder, scored a lot of goals, made a lot of assists, and he went to Burnley and Sean Dyche sort of coached that out of him a little yeah. bit, which was a big, big shame. I, th- I think people forget that, you know, because he, mm-hmm. he, he gets an awful time here in Ireland, just in a, a really hard time. And Dave, who, who's the... The main anchor of the show, he's a, he's I wouldn't say he's a big Jeff Hendrick fan at all now, but again, I think people forget that. Like he's very, very technically good. I remember years that you'll laugh me now for this, Justin, but I remember when he was with Derby and there was people comparing him to like Bastian Schweinsteiger, saying he was just <laughs> that kind of power, powerful kind of player who can switch the play. And then as you said, he went to a very functional Burnley. Uh, very, very functional Burnley. And um, you know, I, I think it did kind of reflect his game. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've heard it here first. The best ever Irish championship player from a Derby fan. Uh, is Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> An absolute pleasure, Justin. No, we really appreciate you coming on and um, we wish you every future success with the podcast as as the season um, kicks off this weekend. So do check out the Second Tier Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Really, really good stuff and check them out on Twitter as well. Some, some unreal stuff there. And as I said, if you're an Irish fan, there's plenty of Irish content that pops up now and again and some unbelievably obscure stuff which we're all about (laughs) so before we finish up today's episode be sure to subscribe to the green machine wherever you're listening to your podcast and check out our socials which is all in the description of those respective platforms so until next time all the best and take care (laughs) 